I'm Gary Martin. And I'm Peter Chapman from Skew Food. We're here today to talk about food is changing. You got that right, Gary. The food industry is changing. And uh, for some, that can be a little daunting, but I think what we want to try and focus on today is, so how does this change bring opportunities for people in the food industry? I think the other thing too, Peter, is like, are people actually recognizing this change and making the adjustments in their business that they need to take advantage of uh, the change? Yeah, well, I certainly hope they're recognizing that it's changing because uh, we see a, a consumer who's evolving very fast, whether it's access to more information or uh, just looking for, for different attributes with products. Then we see customers changing where you shop, how you shop, so many different things going on. And, and I agree, it, sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming and you just say, well, maybe I'll just let it happen and then I'll figure it out. But for me, the, the people who are going to be the most successful in this business are the ones who really got to work and, and get ahead of that change and, and figure out where consumers and where customers are going. Part of the problem is, isn't it, Peter, that people are trapped in old thinking or the dogma of their, their past beliefs or somebody else's beliefs and, and they avoid change just as a result of all that. They can be, and, and I think we all fall into that trap sometimes, but, uh, but where I see the, the businesses that are growing in the industry and the items that are growing are, are the ones who are, are getting out in front of the change. And, and you just have to walk the stores and you see stuff going on where you say, wow, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, I was even in some stores yesterday and saw some packaging on uh, products and fresh fruits and vegetables and, and very different than what we would be used to seeing but in my mind effective it's it's packaging that that almost starts a conversation with the consumer as opposed to just telling them what it is and how big the pack the package is and those kind of things are starting to raise the bar um just to keep up like, like some of those levels of packaging are, are getting pretty exceptional oh they are and uh we see it, whether it's products that are produced uh, in our backyard or even things coming from the other side of the world. I think there's, there's lots of different things going on. So, so it's, for me, it, it has to start with the consumer, though. That's, that's where you really got to start to understand how is the consumer changing. And, I mean, obviously, there's, there's many different facets to, to that. But figure out, you know, for your products, how is, how is that consumer changing? Is it that they're changing in terms of their expectations? Is it that they're, um, the people who were buying your product five years ago, they may have evolved to a different set of expectations. Maybe they want to know about more of the attributes in your product, or maybe they love your product, but now they have less time to prepare it. So you need to give them a different option. So many things to think about with the consumer. Well, one of the things that I find that people overlook is that actually as a computer, uh, as a computer, as a consumer ages, is that maybe their food preferences are going to change a little bit. Like, you know, there's, when people are younger, they're, they're going to eat certain foods as they get a little bit older, have families, they change their food eating habits. As they get older again, they change them. Um, as you get quite a bit older, your taste buds change even, and, and the foods you like to taste change. So to think that those customers, you know, like your, that liked your product years ago are still going to continue to like them. You're, you're going to have to also go back and keep finding new customers for your products as well. That's why it's so important to really define who the consumers are who are buying your products. So um, 
if you identify them to be at a certain age and stage of life, then perhaps you're better to let some of them go as they get older and not, you know, they're going to move on to a different product or a different preference and you've got to keep bringing new ones into your mix or do you evolve your product as your consumer base gets older? Both very important decisions to make for companies and, and kind of things you got to think about because if you're going to, for example, to me, if you're going to work to bring new consumers into your into the the group who are purchasing your product, you probably have to communicate with them differently now. As that the next generation comes along, it's it's on a mobile phone that you can communicate with them, and and some of the ways of the past, whether it's a newspaper or mass media, those things are becoming less and less. Uh, desirable to communicate with people so if, if you're trying to be, bring new people into your mix then you've got to find the way to communicate with them I and mean, we see examples of products that are built on followers on instagram for example they never use mass advertising they're only targeting people on instagram and very effective strategies very very uh, targeted and uh, probably cost effective for them as well so the the big challenge is here that you just can't be everything to everybody. So by like you're saying, refining down what people want a little bit more and targeting a specific customer with to exactly their needs is, is probably where you're going to find more success. For sure. I, I believe those products that are everything to everybody are, are going to be less and less. And the ones that are targeted more specifically and who really understand who's buying it are the ones where there's opportunity and, and the barriers to entry are so high to try to be everything to everybody. You really probably have a lot better chance of success if you start with that well-defined niche and, uh, and really do a great job of building a relationship with them and getting them buying your product. So it's uh, that for me is, is a, is a, is a good way to enter or even uh, grow your your market. And, and just this uh, shift to, or this discussion that's going on between bricks and mortar and online and the changes that are taking place there, um, just assuming that the, your customer is maybe an older customer that doesn't uh, have the technology savvy as the younger customer, but you may be surprised to find that those people are looking for some of this online buying even more than the younger customers in some cases. So it, it's really out there watching the marketplace and understanding those customers and understanding the changes that are taking place are things you have to be on top of today. Oh, great point. Yep. I think that uh, for sure these, that how they shop is, is definitely evolving and uh, agree with you a hundred percent that you can't make blanket statements that this demographic shops this way and that demographic shops that way. You really got to understand uh, how they're shopping and, uh, so many things that we're starting to see like i don't know if you saw the uh some of the pre-populated lists now around uh, the holidays like we just uh, see where some of the food stores are, are giving you everything you need for for a special dinner for a special occasion dinner and you don't even have to think about it anymore they're they're just giving you the items so what an opportunity if you're on that list the products well and i i just had an experience the other day where i was over visiting somebody and they pulled out their box of uh, food that uh, came from one of these online food services. And basically the food is shipped on, on a Tuesday. They have it in their hands on Wednesday. It outlines three meals for the week for two people, 
gives you all the everything's portioned it's step-by-step -step guide that goes with it and it's pretty amazing when you start to think about how easy and excited actually these people were about getting this product mm, I, I, we're seeing more of that we tried it in our house as well and uh, i thought the quality of the meals was was excellent and uh, within 30 minutes we had a meal for our family prepared and they took the they kind of removed the thinking of it out of it so they tell you what you're going to have and they cut it all up for you and you just have to follow the instructions so uh, but what a again a phenomenal opportunity for producers and processors in the industry to have your products included in that because once you're you're on the menu then uh, their subscriber base is going to be using your product in their house for dinner so you don't have to fight through the maze of 35,000 SKUs in a store, you're, you're already in the household. Well, the coolest part about that is like, now you can access customers pretty much anywhere and you can actually deliver your product pretty much anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you're, you're right. It's, it's, it is, that is such a great little example of the change going on in the industry. Yeah. What are the, what are the things you're seeing, Peter, that are, uh, coming up. I know there's talk about GMO and organic and natural and local food. I mean, how do you kind of see all these things moving in the future? Well, there's definitely a lot of attributes on products. I would say you're hard pressed now to walk through the store without every item having some kind of great attribute on it about the product. So, uh, you know, producers and processors are definitely getting into the to the the habit of, of trying to extol those virtues um for me it's it goes back it starts with the consumer again what is your consumer looking for and then putting those attributes on that product so that they really see it right out of the gate easily that if your consumer is looking for non-gmo then it's right there or if if they're looking for products from a specific place then you really got to do that and, and tell your story let your packaging tell your story because you're not in the store with them. So make sure that uh, whatever attributes you're going to hang your hat on, that they're really out there and, and you, you really get their attention with it. One of the things that I find that people maybe make the mistake of is, or businesses make the mistake of, is that they focus on the features uh, or the attributes that you're, you're talking about, but the feature side of those attributes versus the benefit to me. Like, and I mean, you can put all these labels on it's local food or it's organic or GMO, but you know, really in the end people are buying the benefit of that and uh, some people recognize that some people don't so it's you can't just always put things out there and expect that everybody's going to know or that every customer is going to know what that is and especially if you want to draw new customers in you gotta what's in it for me is really a big part of what that packaging has to be able to show and, and, and it means innovative packaging mm -hmm. it is pushing the limit and but I love the part about that is that that's where you can tell your story and right. that's where you can bring some emotion into it. It's, it's kind of hard to bring emotion into it when you're talking about uh, features. But, but for me, when you start talking about the benefit and getting your consumers to understand that, that there's a benefit that uh, that's where there's, there's a story to be told. And, and that's how you can be different than all the other products that your customer, the store may be carrying. And the ability that somebody has today with their packaging to send somebody to a website or uh, to tell more information right in the store. Like, I mean, the person doesn't have to leave the store. They can find that out right there. 
It is. And uh, I don't know what percentage now, I don't know, maybe you know the percentage, Gary, but the amount of people walking around with a mobile phone and I see in our stores now where most of them offer free Wi-Fi so you can connect to the outside world. I mean, heaven forbid that we'd be 15 minutes without Wi-Fi. So now you can connect and, and you can get all that information, whether it's looking for a recipe or how to use the product or even maybe even telling the story of it. So, so Peter, considering, you know, in this changing food world that we're talking about here, what do you see as some of the things that maybe suppliers are missing? Well, one of the things for me is that you do have to draw a line in the sand and, and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to get going because it, it's, it's changing quickly and there's lots of change. So we see people where they go, well, I'm really going to wait until we get to this point, or I'm going to wait until we get to that point, but you may be waiting until it's too late. So I would encourage people to, to try to, to do the work and get ahead of the change and then go for it and, 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 really start talking about it and, and, and sharing some of the great things about what your product is doing. We appreciate packaging is expensive and, and it's hard to make changes to it, but you really do have to keep it current and relevant to consumers. So that's one thing for me. Another thing is that suppliers, don't forget about your customer in this equation. And we've talked a lot about consumers and how they're changing and, and, how it relates to food changing, but your customers, if, if you're selling your products to retailers or online retailers or meal kits or whoever it is, but the, the people who are buying your products, don't forget to tell them the story too, because you need to stand out for them as much as you do need to stand out for consumers. So those are two things for me that I think are great opportunities for people. And I would encourage them to, to jump in with those things and, and make them a part of their business going forward. That's good. In this uh, food changing world that we're talking about here, and you've been around the food industry uh, from the supplier side a long time. What would be Not a couple long, Gary? You're making okay. it sound like I'm really old here. I'm, you know, well, I've, got, I've got great experience, but not, you know, not too, too many years. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> not as long as me. So that's, that's, that's so true. We're looking at it here, <laughs> but what would be a couple of things that you, or tips that a supplier could do right now to be more competitive in this changing food world? What mm. do you think we could leave people with today? Well, a couple of tips. Uh, one tip for me would be to go to the store and don't go to your items. Don't maybe even go to your category. Maybe try and challenge yourself to go and look at some other categories in the store and, and see what's going on and see how can I take that uh, execution or that tactic and apply it to my business. Because sometimes we get so focused on what we're doing that it's hard to see some opportunities. And, and I've seen examples of that where, um, you know, you might have a package size that you've been doing for a long time and you go and you, you, you see something different in the store where maybe you could get the consumer to buy 50% more by giving them extra uses of the product or something like that. So go to the store, find some great ideas in, in some other categories and try to apply them to your business. And if you want me to give you a second one, um, I think that really buy your own products as the consumer does and try to find them in different places and see how it arrives to you because that's the experience that consumers are getting. So if your products are being sold in different 
stores or online or in different um, physical places, whether it could be a, a farm market or a restaurant or something like that, buy your products like the consumer does and see what the experience is like. Are you getting the experience that you really want the consumer to get? Great. Well, those are all great tips and I hope our listeners will actually uh, take some of them home and apply them to their business. I think that's all for this section for our podcast today, Peter. So from Gary Morton and Peter Chapman. We hope you go out there and uh, use these tips to grow the bottom line of your food business because that's the commitment that we make here at Skew Food is that if it's not going to help you grow your bottom line, then we're not going to talk about it here. So go out and have a great day and improve that bottom line. You've been listening to Skew Food Talks with Peter Chapman and Gary Morton. If you have a comment or question about this episode, please email podcast at skewfood.com. That's podcast at skufood.com. To find out more about how Skew Food can help your food business's bottom line, visit skewfood.com. That's skufood.com.